It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL, who will be the Raiders quarterback? This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans, and they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20-plus years have been hard, and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who, who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now. Sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Thanks for coming back, everybody. Hour number two on the flagship of the Silver and Black Countdown to the Draft on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. and on the Raiders mobile app. Hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, Weekends are getting better around here, aren't they? Warmer, warmer. You could do more later outside at night. I was on the radio last night at 8 o'clock, 8 to 11 is when I do my Sunday show. And I walked off the 18th green at Spanish Trail at 7 p.m. I was like, this is good. I I got time to get back. I'm prepped up. Golfed on Sunday, did some radio back here in the studio today. Danny, appreciate you in for Bobby. A week from today, we'll be at the Bolitnikoff Hall of Fame Golf Classic. I'll be emceeing that event. A lot of Raider legends are in town. You can come to it if you buy a foursome and you want to play. And I think it's great. Chip in with a couple of guys. Go to Bolitnikoff.org. Help out Fred and Angela in memory of Tracy Bolitnikoff, who was tragically murdered. Fred and Angela put together a foundation for her, and they do beautiful things. They raise a lot of money. For a lot of young girls at risk who have, whose lives have been saved. And I've been a part of watching it and seeing it firsthand. It's incredible. There's nothing more fulfilling than seeing a young girl get up and say she graduated from Tracy's Place of Hope at one of the houses and come back and tell her story as she was a younger girl and she was addicted to drugs. She was trafficked. She had nowhere to go. And this home, because something good came out of something so tragic, what a legacy for Fred Bolitnikoff and Angela. You think about Freddie, imagine that losing your daughter to a murder and then being able to put that to work and save other girls' lives. That's why I'm proud to be a part of it. Because a lot of times you go to these celebrity golf tournaments, everyone's drinking booze and buying auction items. You walk out of there, you're like, what was that for? What did I do today? What was the charity? I don't even know the charity. This one, you know. This one, if you've been involved with it and you hear Tim Brown speak or you hear Jerry Rice speak at it or Steve Largen, who I introduced last year, they all tell a story about why they're proud to do it. Freddie just turned 80. He's one of the most important wide receivers in Hall of Fame history. So a lot of the wide receivers come. James Lofton. You'll see Charlie Joyner there. Just guys who played in the league and were great wide receivers. So excited. That's a week out, and we're ready to get rolling. My priority this week, my priority is we're going to do a Raiders roundtable tomorrow. Jesse Merrick from News 3LV will join me with Lincoln Kennedy, and we're going to go through our picks. We're going to go through our first-round pick. We're going to look at Bucky Brooks's pick. We're going to have a couple of guests on. That will post on YouTube, and I'm proud to be a part of that podcast. It gets a big download. We're excited to be a part of that Raiders Roundtable on YouTube. Just click subscribe. It'll come right to you, and we'll probably air some of it on Friday. I like to air it on Friday, especially in the offseason, so the people who didn't get it can hear that. So that's coming up this week. Tuesday, Thursday, we have the Vegas Golden Knights home in Vegas. Wow. 
Okay, the number one seed. Look outside of the weather. Look at how you can pregame at Toshiba Plaza and get your jerseys on and get out. Just go. Get out of the house and go watch this with a bunch of friends here. Go on the journey of winning the Stanley Cup. Now, are they going to win the Cup? I don't know. I'm rooting for them. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, and I'm someone in the media that can interview these guys and try to wish them well. And we do that. We think we ask all the right questions, the hard ones. Mostly hockey players don't want to give you anything. They don't want to give you anything. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. Well, how do you feel? I'm doing great. Uh, how are you coming off the injury? I'm fine. I'm going to play. Okay. <laughs> what else? How's your line mates? They're great. I like talking to hockey players. They're so down to earth. They're the, they're the best guys in sports. They're always just grinding, growing beards in the playoffs, wanting to win, playing through injury. So I'm rooting hard for this team. What's the scenario where Vegas wins the cup? It's this. They start knocking down these series easily. They sweep Winnipeg or win in five. Then they beat Edmonton in six, and they don't have to play game seven or they win in game seven. Then they get to the Western Conference Finals, depending on who's there. If it's Dallas, if it's another team, they beat them. Colorado, which would be hard because they have home ice. And then they get to the Stanley Cup Final, and Boston comes in battered and bruised, beat up from the Devils or the Rangers. Or Florida, one of these Tampa Bay teams, just play them physical. And they peak too early, and Boston loses. And then we get to the Stanley Cup and we beat them. Then we have a parade and everybody's going crazy and Vegas has got a Stanley Cup. That's what you got to hope for if you're a season ticket holder. So let's get the hype going as the playoffs start tomorrow at home, Tuesday, Thursday. We'll have guests. And again, I want to congratulate the Las Vegas Review Journal, one of the best sports pages in America. They got a full, uh, full, I think it's like eight or nine pages on the playoffs that I'm going to read tonight at some point. Looking forward to that. The NBA playoffs are off to an interesting start. A lot of injuries. We just had Vinny Del Negro on. He told you all the injuries that are out there. Tyler Hero broke his hand. Wow, Giannis could be out, but his back came back clear in an x-ray, but he went down hard. Anthony Davis got a stinger, but he played in the second half of that game. That was a big moment for Anthony Davis. If he didn't play, if he didn't come out at halftime and he was injured and couldn't go, media would have been all over him. So they're playing Memphis now, and John Moran hurt his hand. The Lakers might get through Memphis, a two-seed. The Lakers get through a two-seed, and then the Warriors get beat by the Kings. It'll be the Lakers-Kings. I think the Lakers could win that series. Everybody wants to see the Warriors and the Lakers for obvious reasons. And then the breaking news today, the Eagles sign their quarterback, Jalen Hurts, to a $255 million deal, the largest contract in length and money. In NFL history, over $170 million will be guaranteed. Hertz, 24, was an MVP candidate last year, thrown for 3,701 yards, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. That sounds very Derek Carr, right? It sounds like Derek Carr, but whoa, wait. He rushed for 760 yards. 760. That's a lot. So he showed growth. He can pass. He can do it all. I mean, this is a guy who's improved dramatically in stats in his second season, jumping from 19th to 4th in quarterback rating, 26th to 11th in completion percentage, while dropping his average time before throwing from 3.2 to 2.76. Ooh, that's something to bring up. Why is that stat important? Because that's what Jimmy G does. Jimmy G gets the ball out quickly, and he's going to have to uh, perform. Jalen Hurts lost in the Super Bowl. But it was a great performance. He racked up 374 total yards, four touchdowns, one big turnover, 
in a 38-35 loss to Mahomes. If he doesn't fumble the ball without getting hit, he wins the Super Bowl with some of the greatest winning Super Bowl stats of all time. Even losing the Super Bowl, he ended up getting this contract. His 43 total touchdowns on the year surpassed Donovan McNabb for the most ever in a single season in Philadelphia history, helping him to second-team All-Pro. So here's a guy who was taken in the second round and has turned out to be a work machine, a guy who shows up early, leaves late. And how about the way he's been playing? A second-round pick for the Eagles in 2020. He took over for Carson Wentz towards the end of that season, became a full-time starter in 21 after Wentz was traded to Indy. He has put together a 23-11 record as a starter for Philly, including 14-1 last season. He missed two games with the right shoulder strain. So Jalen Hurts gets the deal. As I threw out in the first hour, we got a different lunch crowd in the second hour joining us. How do the Raiders find the next Jalen Hurts? How? Do they get him in the second round? Do they get him in the third round? Do they trade up for him or do they stay there at number seven? New mock draft came out from a guy who's got a big following, Jeff Kavanaugh. He's on the radio in Dallas from 97-1 The Freak. And he's in Dallas. He's got, you know, he's got six figures on social media. He put out his mock draft today, Jeff Kavanaugh, first round. Bryce Young, one, goes to Carolina. Number two, C.J. Stroud to Houston. That's what I have. That's my mock. I got those two going one and two. At number three, Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama to Arizona. I have that too. JT, along with Jeff Kavanaugh at number four, have Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. I have that. At number five, Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher to Seattle. I have Jalen Carter going there. At number six, Jeff Kavanaugh takes Devin Witherspoon to go to Detroit. That's the guy I think the Raiders should want to take, him or Gonzalez. And then at number seven, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders select quarterback Will Levis from Kentucky. So Will Levis is the fourth quarterback taken by the seventh pick overall. Many people agree with that. And if that's who the Raiders take at number seven, that's the new franchise. That's the face of the Raiders. Will Levis, quarterback, Las Vegas Raiders. He'll, he'll, he'll back up Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer. And if the Raiders are not productive this year, he'll be playing by week 10 or 11. They're going to get him some reps in because he's got to play year two. Got to play year two. Might as well give him a couple starts. If the Raiders go defense and hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy plays well, then hopefully the Raiders go defense, 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 and they're really flying right out of the gate. You know, a lot of talk about the best available players who are there. The Raiders are guaranteed, everyone, guaranteed, as they like to say, to get the best defensive player available. I don't think they're guaranteed to get the best quarterback available at number seven. A lot of wild things can happen here. But if they just stick around at number seven and pick a defensive player, they'll get the best cornerback available or right behind the best one, the second one. They'll get a pretty high defensive tackle or an edge rusher who can help the team defensively. And that team hopefully will be much better on defense. Imagine the Raiders, and a lot of Raider fans don't buy into this because I talk to them face-to-face. They don't believe we're a good draft away, we the season ticket holders, of having the defense being above average. Mm, I kind of disagree. Here's how I disagree. I think if the Raiders get three starters, so I have them taking a corner at number seven, a defensive tackle in the first round. I have the Raiders trading out of the second round, trading two seconds to go up into the first, get another defensive tackle. So they get a defensive tackle. I'll have that list together. 
And then in the third or fourth round, depending on what they do, if they have a pick in the third or if they trade it up or in the fourth round, they get another defensive starter. Because I don't think you could fail drafting a linebacker in the third or fourth round, an athletic linebacker, and starting him on this team. <laughs> on this team? If you can play linebacker, you start. You got Spillane comes over from Pittsburgh, and then we go hear from you on what could happen with another linebacker. But whoever they draft at linebacker, if he's before the fifth or sixth round, just start him at outside linebacker. Put him out there. Let him, let him just play and go sideline to sideline. Because why? Because Patrick Graham's telling us they're going to be faster, smarter, and more explosive. That's what they're telling us here, that they're going to be faster, smarter, and more explosive because that's what they've been preaching to us in the offseason. So, again, Jalen Hurts gets a contract today. I'm looking for the Raider fans to talk about quarterback. Nothing but crickets. Nothing but crickets today from Raider fans on quarterback. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like me, the host, and you don't think they need a quarterback. I don't think they do. I got Jimmy Garoppolo. So maybe I'm with you. That's why you're so quiet on a Monday. Right? Because maybe you agree with me. I'm not going to call JT. I don't want a quarterback number seven. Mitch in New Jersey. Mitch, thanks for waiting over the top. Go ahead, Mitch. How's it going? Thanks for taking my call. Yep. JT, uh, hey, with the Clippers, I was a great game. I imagine Westbrook could score. He's a Hall of Famer. So we, if we win, I think we're getting to the finals. And if Bama didn't buy that land, save me in Vegas. I don't know what's taking so long to Vegas and Seattle to get a basketball team. I say, draft a quarterback every uh, draft. Quarterback, what about uh, Tanner? Well, DTR and just get the best defense to play at seven. Well, I appreciate the call, Mitch. When you said DTR, who played here, DTR is a good player. And he reminds me a lot of Lamar Jackson. If the Raiders got him and developed him, yeah, I don't know what the big difference is between DTR compared to Anthony Richardson, but something Anthony Richardson can go in the first round. Others got DTR going in the fifth or sixth. I like him. I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm loyal to Gorman. I think he'd be a good fit there at Bishop Gorman. He was, and in college at UCLA, played in a lot of big games. Really played in a lot of big games. But that's the type of flavor of a quarterback now. Can you get a, a big, tall guy who can run outside the pocket and go make plays? And that's what the Raiders might want. But I look at Josh McDaniel's success. He drafted Tebow. Tebow was a legend in college, very flawed with his mechanics. He won a playoff game. He won games in a playoff game, but he wasn't sustainable because he just wasn't a quality NFL quarterback. But Josh McDaniels worked with some pretty good ones in New England. Jimmy Garoppolo, Brian Hoyer, right? Matt Castle, Tom Brady. They didn't seem to be very mobile to me. They just got the ball out quickly to the guy who was open. Get the ball out quickly in the Josh McDaniels system. Now, the problem I had last year, it wasn't with Derek or the coach. It was a combination. There wasn't enough making a decision on the play quickly and getting the ball out. I don't know how that could ever happen. And I don't think that's ever going to not happen. Uh, it's ever going to happen again. I can't. I cannot foresee a moment next year where there's confusion between the head coach and the quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniels. My the play. I the play on words. I often say, run the play that worked in Henderson. Right. You got practice all week. You run these plays against nobody, against air. You put a couple of defenders out there. You run the plays. They're all catchable. Run the play. You get to the game. It's third and four. Clock's ticking. Josh McDaniels quickly gets in the play to Jimmy G. Run this YZ combination, whatever it is, to Devontae. Just run it. Don't change the play unless it's obvious, unless Dante Devontae's being double teamed. And then all of a sudden you got one of your 
other receivers wide open. You got Jacoby Myers on a six-yard slant route. You throw it low, he gets to the ground, he catches it first down. There should be no confusion. There was confusion with Derek Carr. And you can blame the coach or Derek on it. They weren't on the same page where it was electric. So if you get a quarterback in the draft and you park him, he's going to be sitting every day in meetings with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer and Josh McDaniels. Every day. He'll be sitting in those meetings and he's going to get reps. And then he's going to stay after practice and get more reps. And once he does that, if he ever has to play, he better be up to speed. Mac Jones was up to speed. But Mac Jones went right out of the top 10 picks. He's a good player. So look where Mac Jones went in the draft and how productive he was with Josh McDaniels. Year one. If you take someone at seven, or you trade up to three, in theory, he should be more productive than Mac Jones, right? That makes sense. That's logic. But it doesn't seem logical because they're going to park him behind Jimmy Garoppolo. Mac Jones wasn't parked. Mac Jones came in and pretty much played and did a really good job. When he got an opportunity to play, what's going to happen to the quarterback here? And once we start looking at fourth and fifth and sixth round quarterbacks, and one's going to be drafted here, I think the I think the Raiders will get a quarterback somewhere in the draft. Just park him. We'll go see him over at camp, say hi to him, have him on the show, and see how he develops. And unfor- unfortunately, hopefully, he won't get called into the game because Jimmy G gets hurt. We do not want to see Jimmy G getting hurt. We want Jimmy G to be untouched. We want him to have a clean uniform because the ball's coming out so quickly. And that, everybody, also leads me to offensive line. Ooh, these mock drafts have the Raiders really sniffing with that first pick moving back and getting an offensive lineman. Problem is, there's only a few. Peter Skorinski out of Northwestern, he's going to go probably in the top 10. If the Raiders take him at seven, that offensive tackle, would I be shocked? Yeah, I'd be shocked but he'd be a plug-and-play starter, and he'd be a starter with Colt Miller, Dylan Parham, Andre James. You'd have a starter there at tackle, and he'd be the future right tackle of this organization. And then we'll get to Christian Gonzalez, who Christian Gonzalez, the junior cornerback out of Oregon, I just like his height. I like how fluid he is, and he's got ball skills. He would have to play, and he'd get picked on his rookie year. And if he got beat, I'd be, I'd be all good with that. I'd say, okay, he's a young kid, just like when Namdi came in. And other young guys are going to pick on him. Let him pick on him. He's only going to get better. That would be a good pick. Will Levis, I like Richardson better than Will Levis. I think the ceiling is much higher for Anthony Richardson, but that is what Josh McDaniels does. He evaluates ceilings and floors. And who's on the ceiling? Who's going to the ceiling? And who better not go to the floor? For Will Levis, I didn't watch as much of Will Levis. I'm starting to catch up on it now. I watched a lot of Anthony Richardson. And, man, did he have huge talent, but he missed a lot of guys wide open. His accuracy was not impressive to me, but that's something that the coaches work on. When we come back, we're supposed to be joined by Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles, on a day with Jalen Hurts signs, one of the biggest contracts, the biggest contract in NFL history. No Warrior fans, no Laker fans also today. And we actually had the day off today and came in, Danny, right? I actually had the day off today, and I came in. And you call it, you came in off the bench. And you're not a bench player. You're damn good at what you do as we come back with the voice of the Eagles. 
Inbounds pass to Curry. He turns. He wheels. He fires. He misses. Barnes with the rebound. And Sacramento has won game number one. After 17 years without a playoff experience, they have risen to the occasion. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Modelo, a proud sponsor of the Raiders and the official beer of fans with the fighting spirit. Modelo. You know I love my bucket of Modellos. Even got some Modelo swag in my backyard, which my wife must like it because she doesn't tell me to take it down. She doesn't want my backyard or any part of our house to look like a fraternity house. I like a fraternity aspect of my house. She just went to Oklahoma over the weekend to visit my son one final time before he graduates. I have these mom weekends which is a really good scam if you're a mom or a dad. You go back, you're encouraged to go to bars with your kids and hang out and drink and party and have a great time with your kids. So she did her final mom's weekend. I had a dad's weekend or two, but I spent a lot of time with my son when he comes back here. So she had a good road trip. I had a good weekend of golf and uh, seeing some friends and just lightly staying at home and enjoying the weather as the weather is fantastic. The weather has been amazing, and uh, I think it's going to lead to great sports. I got a buddy of mine who works here at Lotus, and he went to the Mets game, the day game. So the Mets beat the A's 3-2. to two. So he sent me a beautiful picture with his wife, his mother, and his son. And I said, tell me about the attendance so I can know this for the show. And he said, I said you know, Mets are on their way down to play the Dodgers. So this was yesterday, 3-2. 3-2, the Mets won the game. They said paid attendance was 13000 And on top of that, he talked about the fact that two-thirds were Mets fans. Now, there's a big tweet out there that's making the circuit that the Aviators had 10,532. 10,532, and the A's had a game of 3,000. A little over. Let's give them a generous 3,500. So, again, this, these are the facts that the minor league team, the minor league club here in town with a much nicer stadium is drawing better, drawing much better. How could that be? How could that be happening? So this was the game. It was a 3-2 game. As I go back here, yeah, it was a 3-2 game. Mets won, and that's it. So the A's went to 3-12 and at home, and they're getting outdrawn at Las Vegas Ballpark. Okay, that's what happens. And there was a possum. A possum got loose, so the A's started off on a long road trip. So instead of the Coliseum management knowing there was a possum there embedded in the stadium to go in there, the, po- the possum threw a party for 12 days. Just went around and smelled up the whole joint, the broadcast booth, and no one thought about it. No one said, you know something? The A's are on the road. They're on the road here. Why don't we go in and find the possum? We don't have to kill the possum. We'll just trap them. And then we'll trap the possum, and I don't know where they'll put it, in Lake Merritt? Or they'll put it somewhere downtown? Maybe someone wants a possum. But no, the A's let the possum throw a party. Every night when no one was in the building at the Coliseum, the possum ran the bases, possum went up to the press box, possum went through the locker rooms, both of them, eating food, crumbs on the floor. And this is what we're dealing with with the A's. Incredible. And by the way, I am not exaggerating anything I said. Completely accurate on the attendance, accurate on the possum, and they had to move the Mets broadcast team, move the team out of the broadcast booth because the possum stunk up the joint and it was unbearable and they couldn't stay there. How about that? I mean, that's pretty crazy in 2023. If a possum was running crazy in 1971, 
1973, Reggie Jackson would have went up there with a bat and found the possum. But I guess the A's don't have much of a staff or anybody working to go get the possum. So that's where we stand today with the A's as the Mets are coming to town and they have many more fans than the A's fans there, which to me is just incredible any way you look at it. So that's where we stand today. The breaking news topic is a big one. Uh, Jalen Hurts gets a great contract extension. It is a monster, and everybody should be pretty excited about that around the league because around the league you got a player that's being rewarded for doing all the things right. And that's what should happen in sports. When you do something right, you should be rewarded. But how is Jalen Hurts being rewarded more so than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes? Because he's getting this contract now, and Joe Burrow is going to get probably a bigger one. Fair enough, a bigger one. And then we're going to see Justin Herbert, who I think is in a perfect storm down in Southern California, and he's going to get a good one. He's probably going to get more. So there's a couple of quarterbacks left that are going to get more money, I believe, than Jalen Hurts. And that's going to be Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Those are the recent ones. Josh Allen already got paid. He got his money here. And Josh Allen's, I think, signing some pretty good contract. Signed a good contract extension. Derek Carr got a contract extension that the Raiders were able to get out of. And the Raiders were able to do that. So with that in general, you definitely want to have a quarterback that you can grow with. And that's been the big topic today. We're going to have Merrill Reese uh, join us here in about two minutes. He just checked in with us. He's the voice of the Eagles. How do you get a quarterback that's going to – we had Derek Carr for nine years. Nine years is a long time. Derek got paid pretty good. He wasn't paid the top of the bank list, but he was paid – Derek was always paid pretty good. He was the highest-paid quarterback in the league until Matthew Stafford passed him like a week later. And then Derek made some good money last year. He put a no-trade clause into his contract. More than fair. More than fair for him. And now the first-ever no-trade contract in the history of the Eagles is Jalen Hurts. He put that in there. Now, why would they put a no-trade clause in for him? Well, what happens if the Eagles start to stink? What happens if the Eagles just start to not get great players? They lost a bunch of players. We got their starting safety. The Raiders did. What happens three years from now if Jalen Hurts says, "Nah, I don't want to be here, and they get wind of it, and they want to trade him? He can say, no, 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 no. I have a no-trade clause. I'll tell you where I want to go. I just don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to do that because he's got great character, and I think he doesn't care about the money. I really don't. And I believe Aaron Rodgers cares about every penny, every penny. And the other guy now, Lamar Jackson, is furious. He's got to be because he can't get any money. He's not getting any money at this time, and he's saying to himself, you got to be kidding me. Now, not that he would, but there are some people who are nasty on social media, and they're breaking out the race card. I never break out the race card until other people do it, and I point them out. The race card would be, how come Lamar Jackson can't get any money, but they're going to pay Joe Burrow more and other quarterbacks? No, that isn't the case because they just paid an African-American quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, the most of all time until Rodgers surpassed that. And Deshaun Watson got the most guaranteed money. He's African-American, $240 million guaranteed. And Jalen Hurts did not ask for a contract that was fully guaranteed. We all know that's why the deal was done, right? Because it's not fully guaranteed. There's $173 million guaranteed. That's generational wealth. But it's $255 million total. So he's probably going to get all the $255 and Let me tell you another thing that's going to happen. Like two, three years into this contract, they're going to reorganize his contract. They're going to give him more signing bonus money, extend his contract out to take a lesser cap hit so they can go get more players. And you know what Jalen's going to say? Sure. I don't care. 
I'm not in it for the money. I just want to go out and be great. I want to win. So Jalen Hurts has set the bar. And the first guy that he should go out and send a cake to or to send something to, buy him dinner or buy him a car, I'd buy him a car, is Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, the first ever player in NFL history to get $83 million, $84 million guaranteed. If it wasn't for Kirk Cousins in that contract, we wouldn't be looking at contracts like this. Kirk Cousins went first, three years, $84 million guaranteed. As we always say, guaranteed, as Barkley would say, and now that's changed the quarterback position. People want guaranteed money or they want the ability to grow with the money overall. And I find that refreshing. I think everybody should get as much money as they can possibly get. But if you're going to sign a quarterback to over $250 million, the contract has got to be flexible so you could go get other players. And that's the whole situation that's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo. This contract is very effective because the Raiders can get out of it quickly if Jimmy D doesn't play well, just like they got out of the car extension and the Waller extension, or they could go back to Jimmy Garoppolo and decide to make another move and go out that way. So these are all topics we're talking about today, but I think that Jalen Hurts, because he played in Allegiant Stadium two seasons ago and the Raiders beat him, if you look at that overall and the fact that he's here and he's ready to go, and now he's getting the highest contract of all time, how could the Raiders not find a way to do something similar? And the problem is the Raiders don't have to do something similar yet. They can wait till next year to go out and get a contract with another quarterback. I don't think they're going to get Caleb Williams and be in the ability to have the number one pick overall, but there's a couple of good contracts that are coming out next year that are going to be unbelievable good quarterbacks that I think the Raiders can say, maybe next year's draft is as good as this one. And then Dave Ziggler will have another good year with the rebuild defense to go all in and get the quarterback the way he went all in to get Devontae. And he went all in to get Devontae, and that was incredible, and I think it was worth the first and second round pick. 702-365-9200 is the number if you want to get through. We're waiting on uh, Merrill Reese, who is going to join us here momentarily. We'll try to get him either... Now or on this break or next. And, Danny, let's go to break and wait for him to get back if you're having problems on, on the phone here. And we'll try to wrap up the show with the voice of the Eagles coming up on the other side. We'll talk more about the quarterbacks and what's going to happen there. We thank all of our proud partners as we continue on here. Virgin Hotels got some great concerts coming up, really good contra- concerts and a great food menu at all the great restaurants they have, including one steakhouse. One of the best steakhouses in town. This is the flagship of the Raiders. The horn sounds, and this game is over. The race for the Pacific Division is over, and the race for Western Conference supremacy is over. The Golden Knights are number one in the Western Conference for the first time in franchise history. They record their third Pacific Division championship. The JT The Brick Show is brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. All right, we're getting ready for hockey later on this week. We'll tell you all that. I am thrilled to talk to Merrill Reese, the longtime voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, Merrill, good to talk to you again. I don't know of a happier, more enthusiastic play-by-play voice today on this Jalen Hurts contract. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Uh, it's not a great surprise. The only thing is, it was when was it going to happen? We knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to be in that area of $50 million a year and, in that area of at least five years, so it, 
it happened today, but it's not a surprise, but it's a it's great news for Eagles fans. Being around the organization and respected as highly as you are traveling, give us a couple of stories. My son goes to Oklahoma. He was there when Jalen was there, and I start off always telling how he handled being benched in the national championship game for two and stood right next to Saban and helped coach that game to a victory and the way he leads in Philadelphia. What have you seen behind the scenes? Well, exactly that. I mean, he is a leader off the field as well as on the field. The guys gravitate towards him. I can tell you that he's the first person in the building in the morning, and he's the last person to leave. And Tuesdays are generally the players' day off, but that doesn't include Jalen Hurts because he's in there, and he wants the coaches in there, and he goes through tape after tape after tape. He is so dedicated to football. He loves the game. He's passionate about it. He's not a celebrity type of quarterback who's going to throw the money away. He uh, He's a very, very down-to-earth guy, and everybody loves him. Merrill Reese is our guest, the longtime great voice of the Eagles. And I want to talk about his personality because some quarterbacks are brash, some are cocky. Aaron Rodgers is different than Josh Allen. And then you see Jalen, who's just very humble. Can you take us back to his dad, who was a coach, and his roots, and how he came up as a young quarterback who didn't change his position and always believed this would happen? Yeah, well, he, he said when he came in, he said he's not worried about being coached hard. Uh, they they can yell at him. They can be as uh, vociferous. They can be as as you know as authoritative as they want to be. He said, "I grow up that I grew up that way. I'm the son of a coach, so do it any way you can." But I'll tell you, uh, he and Nick Sirianni get along just fine. And Brian Johnson, who was who played for his father back in Texas, and then went on to uh, a college career, and then coached at Mississippi State. Tried to recruit him there at one point. Uh, he's known Jalen Hurts since Jalen was four years old. So he was the quarterback coach, and now he's the offensive coordinator. So I think that's going to work out real well also. Merrill Reese joins us. How do you coach a guy like that? You mentioned Sirianni. We've seen him vocal and animated on the sideline. How does that relationship go to the next level or mature? Does it need to go to the next level with the respect they have, Merrill? It really doesn't have to go to the next level because nobody is more critical of Jalen Hurts than Jalen Hurts. He doesn't point fingers and say, this guy missed a block or this receiver ran the wrong route. He's, everything is about let's just get it right, and, let's, and, and he blames himself before he blames anybody else. So it, the relationship between him and Nick is great. Merrill, how about him lifting weights with the offensive line? And this is viral. We saw this in college. But working out with offensive linemen and doing more squats than grown-ass men who are in the NFL, to see his leg strength, his shoulders, and doing that, a lot of times you don't want your quarterback. Back in the day, you started with the Eagles in 77. You didn't have Jaworski and other quarterbacks wanting to be in the right weight room. You covered Randall Cunningham. Now this guy lifts weights like offensive linemen. And that's why when you see him in a quarterback sneak, it's almost automatic. I mean, he, he, I think he might have gotten stopped once the entire season on a quarterback sneak. It's the power in his lower legs. He just thrusts forward, and then they have this whole thing where they, they, they call it the tush push. And they wanted to, some people wanted to outlaw it this year, but they didn't. And uh, that's why in short yardage, he's almost unstoppable. 
Marilyn, I want to spend the final few minutes talking about you and your career and how long you've been doing this, starting off as a newscaster, a sportscaster, radio. You're unbelievable on radio. What have you learned throughout your long career about the evolution of radio? Now we're talking podcast and streaming and how you have evolved through all of this. Well, I, I really, I've, I've done plenty of television also, but radio to me, uh, radio play-by-play to me is the thing I'd rather do than anything else in the world because you really paint the picture. Uh, I know that in, in Philadelphia, we've, we're fortunate that there are a lot of people that like to turn down the sound and listen to Mike Quick and I because we're around the team all the time. But uh, you, you still work and you still do the game as if, you, you we're talking to people who are driving in their cars who can't actually see the game. And so I, I begin with what I call the STDD, the sound, the, uh, the score, the time, the down, the distance, and you make sure they are aware of that. And then you, you fill in all the blanks. You describe everything, including how the weather is. So it's a, it's, it's a labor of love. I mean, there's nothing in the world I would rather do. And I, I'd love to do it. This is only going to be my 47th year. And I always say, <laughs> And they think I'm kidding. I said, I'm not leaving. They're going to have to remove me with a crane. But I, I love it as much as I always do. And I, I'm a passionate golfer. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather broadcast an Eagles game than play Augusta. We're wrapping it up with Merrill Reese. So when you hear a television play-by-play voice, I was talking to Al Bernstein about this, the legendary boxing announcer, and guys are just getting into a conversation and missing a play or two, especially in the NBA. I don't know how you must watch a Sixers game if it's on national television and there's a couple of buckets going back and forth, but they're in the middle of a conversation about something. Uh, you on the radio don't miss anything. What do you like? What's it like for you when you watch on TV and they're missing plays because it's television, not radio? Well, most of your, I, I don't mean most, all of your, your top play-by-play teams do not miss plays. I mean, you, there's, there's no excuse to miss a play unless you're in a preseason game. I mean, look, in the fourth quarter of an Eagles preseason game, when the guys on the field are known only to their parents, uh, Mike Quick and I, have a, we may have a couple of topics put on in the margin of our notebooks that we could turn to to keep the broadcast interesting because the game is no longer relevant. But when a game is relevant, and I'm, I, I've been annoyed sometimes watching a college game from time to time where they'll, they'll do an interview and they'll just totally ignore the game on television and it's going back and forth and it may be against a, te- a team that I'm not familiar with. I want to know who scored the point. I mm-hmm. want to know who got the rebound. And I think there's no excuse for that. Merrill, last one. What's the best advice you could give to a young broadcaster listening who just wants to get a podcast, just wants to get reps? I started an overnight radio. When you get an opportunity to share a moment with a young broadcaster, what do you tell them? I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I, people say, did you grow up doing the game, sit and watch a game on TV and try to describe it? No, I didn't. I was out playing ball. No matter what the season was, I was playing football, baseball, basketball, whatever. I was out doing that. I say, if you want to be a broadcaster, become a voracious reader, because what you get from reading is a vocabulary. Your vocabulary is a direct, direct reflection on how much you read. And I'm not just talking about reading sports. I'm talking about reading everything, biographies, mysteries, anything you want. But I I tell them, become a reader. And that's how you are able to develop the vocabulary that can allow you to describe anything or to do an interview and ask the right questions at the right time. Become a reader first. 
Thank you, Merrill. Appreciate you taking your time out today for this conversation. All the best. We'll see you during the season. My pleasure. Nice to speak with you. You got it, Merrill Reese, the voice of the Eagles. Thank you for getting that done, Danny. I know that was tough with the phones. We got it up. Uh, That's a good conversation. He's been the voice of the Eagles since 1977. 77. What do you say? He's going on his 47th or 6th year. I forgot what he said. You know how many airline trips that is? You know how many times that's landing back in Philly at 3 in the morning from the West Coast or whatever it is, getting in your car, going home, and then starting the prep again? I mean, that's incredible. I've uh, interviewed him a few times. I don't know. might have been 10 years since our last conversation. I don't recall when the last one was, but I've met him before on the sidelines when I was doing sidelines, and he's a god. And here's the big thing I wanted to share about this. I'm not gonna, I wasn't going to ask him this in the, in the interview. He works in the most hostile environment in all of sports. The most hostile is the Eagles in Philadelphia. So if you're a Yankee fan and you don't like Susan Waldman on the call with John Sterling, they're in their 80s. Too bad. They got that job for life. They're going to leave when they want. Merrill just said they're going to have to take him out in a crane. Eagle fans get historically drunk, loud, profanity. And you know who they take it out on? The media, they take it out on the talk show host, the play-by-play voices, the coaches, and the players. And as we wrap up the show, I wanted to say something about Donovan McNabb, who's a pretty good guy too. And I interviewed him once, and I told him this as a Super Bowl. After he retired, he came on Radio Row. And I said to Donovan, I go, because he ended up his career with the Washington Redskins at the time, now the Commanders. And I asked him right to his face, not over the phone, I go, why'd you keep re-signing with Philadelphia? Because they were, they were brutal on you. They were hard. The fans were 50-50. They weren't 70-30. The fans didn't like Donovan, and he stayed, and he kept signing. And he looked me right in the eyes, and he said, because I knew we could win every year. He went to five, what, five championship games or you know, the Super Bowl he lost. He played in a lot of big games and beat the Cowboys, the Giants, those teams, and he played pretty well. But I said, man, if you would have left earlier, you might have won more. And he looked me right in the eyes and said, I was never leaving because I always knew we could win. And I'll tie that into Derek Carr. Derek Carr said every time I interviewed him, came up a year ago over the weekend. It was like Friday or Saturday. A year ago on my Facebook memories was the last conversation I had with Derek when he signed his contract. And I asked him about why he signed the contract. And he said, because I'm only going to play for the Raiders. I love the Raiders. And things changed. Things change. Businesses change. Models change. Attitudes change. Business partners change. Merrill Reese, voice of the Eagles on a day where Jalen Hurts signs the largest contract in NFL history. And I think it's well-deserved. There's not a lot of pushback today and people around saying, no, he doesn't deserve it, he doesn't deserve it, he's going to be a bust. Because when you start giving quarterbacks $250 million, huh, you better hope they're not a bust. And that was early. they gave him the contract early, which is probably the biggest compliment to Jalen Hurts' family, his parents and everyone, is the fact that he got the contract early Wouldn't that be cool at your job? I've had that a few times in my career. Maybe you've had that when your bosses come up to you and say, hey, we're going to give you something ahead of time because you work hard. Not because you're great. Nothing to do with your talent and being great. We just like your work ethic and what you bring to this building. We want to give you something in return. That's what Jalen Hurts had today. Danny, nice job. Appreciate you there. Uh, Good day today. Really excited about the topics. Vinny Del Negro and Merrill Reese. Tomorrow, I'm in the Raiders building early. We'll do Raiders Roundtable. That's about an hour podcast on YouTube. Raiders will put that out. If you follow the Raiders on social media, you'll get that. 
Uh, tomorrow night is the Golden Knights. I'm working tomorrow night. I would be at the game. I'll be watching the game as I'm on Mad Dog. Can't wait for that. Vegas has got to win game one. And someone told me on the record, but not for radio, the only chance Winnipeg has is they got to play physical and bully the Golden Knights. So I want to give you this advice, so I want to own it first. Winnipeg's going to come in and look to go after our small guys and beat them up. That would be Jonathan Marceau, William Carlson, and he's not small, but Eichel. They're going to try to bully Eichel. Two guys hit him into the boards. They're going to try to fluster the goal scorers here and play physical. That's the only chance they have to make it a series. So when you see it, there might be some fights in the series. Some guys might need to drop the gloves to get Winnipeg off their back. And we'll see that, and hopefully Golden Knights win that game pretty easy. And they're going to be ready to go. Uh, the cover story, Eichel's payoff is the playoffs. Star center Jack Eichel to make playoff debut after eight seasons in the league. Huh. How about that? Play in Buffalo your whole career, you don't go once. Now you get an opportunity to play for the Golden Knights and have home, home ice throughout the entire postseason. All right, I'm out of here for the day. Going to enjoy the rest of the day. I'll be on from 6 to 9 tonight on Sirius XM 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. Q is here. He's coming in. He'll take it from here, and we'll be almost a little bit more than, what, eight or nine days from the NFL draft, where our coverage is full and extensive here on the flagship of the Raiders. Thanks to all of our proud partners. We appreciate them. We wouldn't have a radio show if we weren't running a business and had partners that we could help with their branding and help support them here in the community. That's why we're here. Look us up. Have a great day, everybody. Danny, thanks for a great job on the board. Have a great day.